This episode of White Wine Question Time was recorded during the coronavirus outbreak and we've conducted this interview over the phone to limit travel for our team and our guests. Less white wine question time and a little bit more white wine quarantine. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that usually brings together well-known friends to talk through three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. But of course, we are still in lockdown. So this week, we're going to be calling our guest on the phone to ensure that we stay safe and stay home. Now, you're going to recognise this happy voice. We first met her as the straight-talking teenager who spoke a lot of sense as a regular on Gogglebox. And then she became the queen of the jungle with the 16th series of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. From 2016, she went on to co-present Extra Camp as well as Saturday Night Takeaway with Anton Deck. And last year, she was reunited on screen with her real-life family when they up sticks from the Northeast to live with a remote tribe in Namibia for the Channel 4 documentary, The British Tribe Next Door. These days, she's in isolation with her partner, Scott, a police officer, therefore a key worker, and her dog, Bonnie. And she's working from home on her recently launched fashion edit with Peacocks. I cannot wait to talk to Scarlett Moffat. Let's dive around. Hello. Scarlett, is Kate Thornton. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm all right, darling. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Is everybody safe? And... Everybody is safe. And how's lockdown been for you? Are you all well up, up there? Are you in the northeast at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we all good. It's just hard not seeing the family every day, but we've got to do it. <laughs> Have you been over to see your mum and dad? Like, wave through uh, the window? Through the window, yeah. <laughs> so strange though, isn't it? It's all you can do. And what about your lovely boyfriend? Because he is a, a policeman, so he's he's back he's back on the beat, yeah? Yeah, that's why we self-isolate in our house. Because at first I was like, oh, I should really go and stay with my mum and dad. So I was like, oh, I'll really miss them. Because I see my mum every day. Mm. Um, but then I was like, oh, I can't really leave Scott on his own. And also, I don't know who he's been in contact with, so... No. Yeah, we sort of just self-isolating together. Oh, and how's that working out for you? Because it puts a strain on the best of relationships, doesn't it? Yeah, do you know what? We haven't actually argued yet. I think it's because we keep... Um, so I read somewhere, and it actually really works, that you just if you're annoyed, you blame it on, like, an imaginary housemate. Right. So we've got, <laughs> we've got a woman called Carol who uh, keeps just... Leaving the toilet seat or keeps leaving messy cups about. Yeah, so we just blame Carol. Bloody Carol, eh? I know. She's a nightmare. I bet you can't wait to get yeah. rid of her. I know, honestly, I can't wait for her to move out. So how long have you, have, how long have you been locked down now? Uh, so two weeks now. So I was in London and then I was meant to um, film a show and then the night before, literally like eight o'clock on the night, they were like, oh, no, we're not going to go ahead with it. Um, we think it's for the best, like, safety-wise. So I just jumped on the last train back up north. And then, yeah, I've been, like, indoors ever since. And, and what's what's it like up where you are? Because, obviously, down here in London, we've been hit hardest first. You know, the government keeps saying that we're a good two weeks ahead of the rest of the country. And I've got to say, where I live, it's it's tough. You know, we've got the highest number of corona cases in the UK, Oh. everybody wears a mask. Um, the queue for my, my corner shop um, was almost a mile the other day. 
Oh my God. Yeah, I think you can see a massive difference in different like cities and, and places because I'll be honest, when I was up north, everyone was talking about this, but everything was the same. But then when I went to London and I, I rang my mum and I was like, the weirdest thing just happened. Like I've walked through King's Cross Station and no one bumped into it. Like there's hardly anyone here. And I was like, I think this is really serious, ma'am. Because I'll be honest, at first, everybody sort of, sort of was like, this is really bad. But no one knew sort of how quickly it would spread and how everything would change sort of overnight. It's just quite eerie. It's like being in a movie. It yeah. doesn't quite feel real, to be fair. I know. Um, but it's, but you're safe, you're well. Nobody's showing any symptoms. And no, yeah, I feel really lucky actually good. because I know that a lot of people have been hit hard, and it is, and it's like my nanny and granddad—they've been self-isolating now for three and a half weeks because me and my mum sort of shouted at my nan. And my nanny was like, "Oh, it'll be fine. I'm still going out on a Saturday night." And we were like, "No, you're not. You're cider and black and white. <laughs> yeah, you're like it'll be fine." And yeah. then I think I think she's realised like now she's like, "Oh no." You were right. I'm so pleased that you told us to stay indoors. It's been hard just seeing my nanny through the window when we dropped like the food off and, and medication. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's all for the best, isn't it? It's better to self-isolate and stay at home and keep everyone safe. So then it's nice that when all this is over, we can go and see our loved ones. Exactly. Oh, and I cannot wait for that. I know. Now, do you, do, do you, are you familiar with the way white wine question time normally works? Well, normally I'd be drinking white wine right You now. would, with me, face to face, <laughs> and I'd be chewing your ears off and you'd be chewing mine off. So we're going to have to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna raise a little rosé to you from here in South um, London. Well, I, I've actually got a Prosecco with some, a little book space. Oh, with orange juice with a little bit of orange. A nice lunchtime <laughs> drink. Because let's face yeah. it, I don't know what day it is. I really don't know what time it is. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. I'll cheers to that. I'll cheers to that too, darling. So my first question to you, I know that you used to work in Asda before this all started with Gogglebox and you became a well-known face. I mean, obviously our supermarket staff have become part of our hero frontline workers. They're keeping our country going. And also with Scott's work as well, because he's a frontline worker. So what can we as the public who are relying on those great men and women do to make their lives that much easier? And what's the realities of their jobs? Yeah, I mean, I worked at Asda um, for a year and a half and I worked over the Christmas period. And that was crazy. Like it is actually, I don't think people understand the stress that you can get when a supermarket is busy and you're trying to keep queue time down and, you know, people can get quite agitated because obviously food's a necessity. It can get quite stressful. Mm. So honestly, my, I, I, I'm so thankful to people who, you know, it's not like they're getting mad amounts of money. Like mm. I feel like everybody should really appreciate the fact that these people are risking a lot and going to work to help others. And like, I just, well, when this is all over, want to hug every single one of them because it is so difficult. Like I say, I worked at Christmas time and that was like, I'd go home and see it. So I can't even imagine what it's like now. So I just feel like people need to really take note of the things that have been put in place in supermarkets for everyone's safety. 
like the one-way systems, like keeping two metres apart from each other, not hoarding is a huge one. It's like when that toilet paper thing went crazy and everyone, like, I went to the... Um, it just made no sense. Yeah. Like, what are what you doing? Happened. I was like, yeah, and it, yeah, it's just like, I think it's good. Some supermarkets have had, like, a you're only allowed two of a certain thing policy. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's really good. But, yeah, you just, just people need to really not be selfish and think of other people. And I really and, hope we reevaluate the importance and I hope they get a bloody pay rise, I'll tell you that much. Oh my, this is what I hope. I really hope that they get a pay rise and just some appreciation. Like I think yeah. you really, now, you know, like people who were underappreciated uh, finally getting the recognition that they need. And, it, and, and that's what I hope comes out of this, that people are just a bit less arty with people. Yeah. And like my... um partner Scott is in the police force. He's a response officer and um, they've actually seen a sort of decrease in calls coming through. Really? So I think people, yeah, I think people are really now thinking, is this an immediate, do I need to call 999? Is this something that I can resolve myself or something that can, you know, call the local police station rather than the emergency services? You'd be surprised at things that people call 999 for. Things like, um, I don't know, like someone, like Sandra's flagging me off on Facebook, something <laughs> like that, which I'm not saying isn't, isn't bad, but you know, in, I think right now people <laughs> are really evaluating like this, this is fine. I can just block her. That can be sorted by me simply blocking her. Um, and so people are really being conscious towards. Yeah, why are they ringing the emergency right. services, which is good. And how does he feel <laughs> going out and exposing himself potentially? Because he's got no idea about who he's going to be dealing with and whether or not people are, are carrying um, COVID-19 and and then bringing it yeah. home and you're, you're in the so, house. There's so much, much to think about, isn't there? There's so many things in place. So, um, yeah, like lots of disinfectant, lots of cleaning hands, making sure they stay two metres apart, only going into a house if you need to, things yeah. like that. It, it, it is it is really safe. And a massive thing that I can please ask is we are still now, like I live opposite a field, and we are seeing four and five people at a time who we know aren't living in the same house, like playing football or just like we seen someone the other day having a picnic outside. Oh, and right. it's like, please just... Stay at home and just use your common sense. Like the, the reason why the whole world is self-isolating is to stop the spread. Like I don't, I, I seen a really good um, quote the other day and it said like, because um, it's something like a 2% chance of, of getting it. And it said, well, if I had a hundred jelly beans and I said two of these potentially could kill you, you just wouldn't eat any of the jelly beans. No. And it's a bit like that. It's like, come on, just use your common sense. Like, just stay indoors. Just be a good person. Well, you just That's ha- all we can be right now. I mean, could you if, imagine before this, if somebody had come up to you and said, there will come a time when three billion people on this planet will be on lockdown because of a virus that is killing people, predominantly the vulnerable, but not necessarily, and we all have to stay home. You would think, What? Yeah. Now, now, if you heard like, that, you go well, and and you and then you say to them, and in those times, would you venture out? You go, no, of course not. It'd be insane. 
exactly. And then, like, and then I drove past a park on Saturday that was closed, actually. It was on the news. I live near a place called Brockwell Park. Over 3,000 people were in the park. And they, as oh, you come out of the park, you, you have to cross various um, traffic lights. And they're all huddled at the traffic lights. And I'm in oh. my car and I wanted to just wind down the window and scream at them. For the rest of us who are understanding like how crazy the situation is, when we see people who aren't abiding by the rules and things that have been put in place to help us all, we do feel like screaming at people. Like I, I said to Scott, I was like, I'm going to go over that field and I'm going to shout at it because a picnic is not a necessity. Like, no, why have you sat there? Not sunbathing. Yeah. In and our local park, they've got police patrolling, and if you sit down, quite rightly, you're moved on. Well, and yeah, right, you still put as well. That's, what a waste of police resources, exhaust, though. Yeah, that is exhausting police resources. Like, there's, yeah. there, there are already, it's already crazy for police officers anyway, the amount of backlog and the amount of work that they have to do. So I just feel like, let's just, not be selfish. Grandad, for example, like, and my great granddad, they had to fight in the war. We are just being asked to stay in our house. And watch in the telly. comfort of our own home. We just have to sit down and hold tight and hopefully this will pass. Yeah. People are feeling like they have to come out of this sort of self-isolation to Stone Lighter, that they've got a new business venture, that yeah. they've, you know, like, can now play an instrument like if you do all those things that's also amazing but equally if you just sort of brush your teeth and watch Tiger King that's all right and watch Tiger King that's (laughs) also fine like I think anything that sort of helps you cope is fine yeah there's no right or wrongs here apart from stay home and if you don't stay home and it's not necessary to go out then you're wrong that's it yeah (laughs) life could not be simpler really when you boil it down to that top yourself up because my next question yeah. is all around that brilliant social experiment you and your family did for your channel four documentary um the oh, tribe next door i loved it it was wonderful you've been nominated you. for awards for it haven't you yeah so we actually won um an rps award wow um, royal television society for those that don't know it's literally fancy as your pants if you like <laughs> so you moved you, you took they, what channel four did um, is they moved you and your family and they replicated your house and rebuilt it in a traditional Himba village in Namibia. And you lived with a remote tribe for how long? It was five weeks. Yeah, wow. a long time. <laughs> now, it was wonderful to watch because, I mean, for them to come into your your world and for you to go into them, there were so many learnings to be taken from that. What did you learn from the tribe in your time living in Namibia that maybe has prepared you for this reality that we're in now? Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you for watching it, by the way. I love, me um, and my son watched it. We loved it. Oh, nice. Um, honestly, when we first went there, the whole idea was that because it, people had, had integrated themselves into tribes before and, and had got to know the amazing people, but we wanted to teach our way of life as well to see if we could sort of learn from each other mm-hmm. and 
genuinely, this makes me sound super selfish, but I honestly thought I would go there and I would show like all of our friends there, like look at all of this stuff that we have, look at how we live. And they would want to sort of want some of that. It was the complete opposite. They kept saying all the time, Scarlett, you and your family can stay, but that house has got to go. It's hideous. Like, they literally hated the house. They hated they? that. They, yeah, they hated that it was on two floors. They, they thought that we just had just loads of crap, basically. They were like, I remember them looking at your wardrobe stuff? and your shoes, and they were going, but why does one person have all this stuff? Yeah. And you just sat there and went, yeah, why? Why do yeah, I have I don't, all this stuff? And I didn't even know. Like, the scatter cushions. Like, I remember Candice saying to me, why have you got so many cushions on your bed? And I was like, yeah, I don't know, because when I go to bed, I throw them all off. Yeah. For sure. Even though no one comes in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but, they, so they, and they hated the fact that you lived on two floors. That was a big thing for them. They they didn't really understand the concept of stairs, No, did they, they just were like, they just said, well, why don't you just build flat? But I explained that we don't have a lot of room. And they were like, no, we just don't like that. And they really didn't like that. Because um, my nanny came over as well, and they didn't like that my nanny slept in her own room. They were like, no, what happens if she wants a drink of water in the middle of the night, or she gets cold and she needs an extra blanket? Like, they really were like, you should all sleep together as a family. And it made me think, because I was like, actually, me and my family are probably a lot closer than some of my friends' families in terms of we're a bit like the George Von Trapp. We do a lot of stuff together. Um, but even they were like, well, no, you don't, you don't sleep together. You don't eat together all the time. Like sometimes, um, your little sister's upstairs in the bedroom. And it really got us thinking that actually, even though we think we're a close family compared to them, it's nothing. Yeah. Cause they don't really believe in sort of alone time. They're like, well, why do you need alone time from the people that you love the most? <laughs> so it was really, really interesting, but. I just now, I keep thinking, our Himba friends right now probably aren't aware of this because they don't have TVs or phones or, like, there's one radio um, for the whole community and they don't really travel. They stay really as a close-knit community. Well, they only travel um, to markets to sell, don't they? Yeah. So to buy. I don't really know if they'll know that this is going on, but I feel like... It, they're, they're really a close community and they all help each other. And I feel like it is sort of reflecting what's happening right now with, with Corona and everybody, you know, staying at home to, to help the vulnerable and to help the key workers and people are dropping food parcels off the, 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 the elderly and the those who are vulnerable. Like it is really nice to see, but I do feel like actually going over to Namibia, did help us sort of prepare for now because yeah living over there and living with like you're sort of in one place it is like you're just in one place constantly and actually all they focus on across the day is feeding themselves yeah sheltering themselves and looking after each other yeah which is where we are right now isn't it shame that it's taken a crisis for us to behave in that way and to 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 understand that life, those are the real true values of life. Yeah, and like, I just keep thinking, like, when I see people, like, on Instagram and stuff, and they're saying about, um, you know, that they've 
FaceTimed like the friends and family and they've done house party or I watch TikTok and people are with the families doing dances and stuff and kids right now, like young kids must think this is the best thing ever because the parents are home and doing fun activities with them and mm-hmm. I just think it, it, it has actually been nice to see, like looking at the positive side of it. I think right now, especially for little ones, like my little godson, I've been FaceTiming him and you know, he's been colouring in and like playing in his garden and like doing all sorts of fun stuff. It's really nice. Yeah, I think it's tough for those families that don't have outside space with young children or, or lots of children. That must be really tough. And that's why we yeah, really hope that we can keep the parks open for them. Yeah, and I think that's why the the daily exercise is really important for people, that, you know, so that they, they are getting some fresh air and things. I know... I've seen a lot of people complain that the weather's nice, saying, oh, like, you know, the weather's nice and we're stuck indoors, but it's nice to be able to open a window. Yeah. I feel like it does just instantly make you feel less anxious just by opening a window. You're like, oh, right, it's the outside world. Yeah, (laughs) I hear you. So when you went to Namibia, um, did you change the way you lived when you got back? Did it make you question certain things and, and have those learnings sort of stayed with you? Yeah, like normally I feel like it's really cliche to be like, oh, it was a life-changing experience. But genuinely, it really was. Like we went there last June and um, I'm going to sound like a bad person here, but I did recycle. I did recycle, but I wouldn't say it was sort of like top of the priority list in terms of like, I'd like, you know what I mean? I would just be like, oh, well, I put some stuff in the recycling bin, but now... I'm like really wary about sort of like the things that I use and how much waste I use and I like portion control of food better so that I'm not wasting food because when you go somewhere where they're not wasteful, where they literally are so resourceful, you everything like when they get a cow, you know, it's been, they even um, tell it, tell the fortune from like the, um, fatty bits on a cow like every single item is used so I feel like in that sense yes and also when I went over there and um, my best friend Candice and Werapanga said to us oh they were the two we they we were had... the two women you really bonded with weren't they yeah in, in the and village. they were like oh we wish we had rolls of fat like you Carla if any of our friends had said to me I wish I had your rolls I would I would be so offended, but because they just tell the truth about everything, and I knew it came from a good place, and you know they kept saying like how beautiful I was, and you know they, they saw just really beautiful souls, and it really made us think that actually beauty is is in the eye of the beholder, and I think sort of because they have no media influence in what we should look like or how we should, you know, how we should look or how to be base body ready and stuff. Oh, God, they, no, they that's, just lived, that's a million miles lived, from their life, isn't it? Yeah, like, they could not give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> they really couldn't. And, but honestly, I feel like since then, I'm so much more confident. Like, um, even just, this sounds really thing, but I never really used to look at myself naked in the mirror. Like, if I ran to the bathroom and ran out, like, I'd put, like, I'd just, quickly bypass the mirror whereas now I feel like I take a little bit of time to look at myself and think like right 
you're fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. And Good. I'm starting to really, like, build my confidence up in that sense and not wearing... Uh, like, we went to Florida in February, which feels like a distant dream now. I'm going on holiday. Yeah. But, um, and normally I would wear loads of cover-ups or I would wear a T-shirt to go in the pool and stuff. And um, I didn't. I just wore a swimsuit. And I just wasn't bothered. Like, normally that would really... I would feel anxious and I'd be like, oh, who's looking and stuff? But then I just didn't care. So it has, like, I don't think, like, my friends, my Hindu friends would ever realise how much they've, they've changed my life. For the, for the better. For the better. That's beautiful. <laughs> Um, right, my last question to you. Do you need another top-up? Yeah, I've got to have a little drink. Go on then, go on then. Scott out work at the moment, or is he at home? No, no, he's actually at work. Oh, good. Well, you can yeah. walk in and find you as drunk as a skunk yeah. on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> right, my last question to you. At a time when we are all being asked to show social responsibility by staying home, I wanted to open that up to social media responsibility because you, mm-hmm. you you experience fame on the fast track, which is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. And it's meant that you've, I mean, you have suffered what I would class as simply as utterly unacceptable levels of online abuse, Scarlett, and you've spoken out against it now and you've yeah. highlighted it. And I just wondered what changes you would like to be made at a time when we're all reflecting and we're all trying to be a bit kinder to make the online experience more civilised, um, kinder, and more socially responsible? Yeah, I think I think let's just not sort of rub grandeur in people's faces. Now is not the time to be boastful or Instagrammy in a way. I feel like, you know, Instagram essentially is showing the best version of you and, you know, things that are aesthetically pleasing. But I think right now... Um, being happy and smiley is like what we need. I Uplifting think or helpful, yeah. One of the two. Yeah, like <laughs> I think that that's really what's needed. And you know, I'm sort of I've actually unfollowed a few people, and um, just for the time being, because for my mental health, it's not great. Like, you know, like things of about don't eat this during lockdown and don't eat that. And I'm like, oh, God, if people want to eat a few carbs, I, I don't think now's the time to be beating themselves up about it. I just feel like as long as you're sort of doing a bit of exercise every day, I think right now is more mental health. Oh, completely. I work, I've been exercising every day for my mental yeah. health because it makes it, me feel it. better. I don't yeah, care what equally, dress size I'm wearing when I come out of this because I haven't looked at yeah. a dress in ages. I'm in stretch everything. I mean, my life yeah. is an elasticated wardrobe right now. And I love it. <laughs> like, I've tried doing, like, I've been watching yoga on um, mm. YouTube. I'm not the best at it, but for, for literally 45 minutes, I do feel really, I feel better after it. But then yeah. if, if on the night I want to eat a pizza and balance that out, that's also fine. That's also fine. But you mean you yeah. are, the, the the level of criticism that you were subjected to, yeah, was 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 awful, Scarlett. And I I feel I felt very maternal towards you 
Uh, certainly oh, when I read your piece you. in Grazia where you explained the toll it had taken. I mean, people need to understand. I hate the term keyboard warrior because a warrior is somebody you associate with being brave and courageous. Yeah. And they are the antithesis of that. They are cowardly yeah. assholes. Um, they really are. They really are. Let's just call them for what they are. Cowardly assholes. Yeah. And... I even hear the word trolls because I think it makes it sound like a mythical creature. And at the end of the day, they're just bullies. They're bullies. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. I would never go online and and post a comment that is is cruel or, or, or knowingly unkind. It just would not occur to me um, at all. So I, I find, you know, and I've been, listen, I've had my fair share of it over the years. Yeah. Um, and you do, I found myself for many years saying, well, you just have to develop a thick skin and sort of, accepting it yeah and then, I, and then I thought what are you saying woman no no you do not develop a thick skin you develop the ability to talk back and put those little shits in their place which is, is yeah ten- okay honestly I'm so pleased you said that because a lot of the time like if I do have a run you still get people saying well you know you signed up for this you you, you do TV and it's like well if any other job I was getting this much here like the people would get stuck. Can you imagine if I worked in an office and like my employees like were just emailing me like, oh yeah, you're a fat mess, like you shouldn't have the job that you have, like what have you done to deserve this? Like something could be done about it, but for some reason, because my job's being in the public eye and, and presenting on TV, that almost allows a free pass for people to sort of have an opinion on how I look. Do you know what? If someone wants to have an opinion on my presenting style or a show that I've been on and they, they don't like it, honestly, that is fine. But I also think you don't need to voice it. Like, if I don't like a programme, I'll, like, speak to my friend about it or I'll WhatsApp and go, oh, I wasn't keen on that episode. Like, and then that's it. I wouldn't then go on and, ha- and message all of the actors who were in it saying, like, didn't like that episode, wasn't as good as the last one. Yeah, you look terrible in that scene. Matter? I mean, yeah, who does like, that? And I, I think people need to understand that there is a human consequence. And and maybe the, the sad and tragic passing of Caroline Flack caused yeah. a moment of pause for thought. Yeah. I really hope that that still prevails uh, when we come out of, you know, I, I think, you know, the, 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 the huge distraction of, of, of the coronavirus. I, re- I really do hope that people are just a little bit kinder and, Actually, I I still now um, message Caroline on her Instagram. I know some people might be like, why do you do that? But I still just message her, like, just, like, love hearts or and things like that. And, like, she's still always in my thoughts because it's just it's just so sad and also angering that that, ha- that, that happens. So you and message really her because that helps that, you to feel close to her and to... Yeah. yeah. And I just hope people are just kind of, like, I think... You know, you know the whole like sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Like they do. That's the thing. They do. And oh, they really you, do. you say on and like I still now like I'm not a hundred percent sort of like oh yeah it doesn't bother me. There's still some things that I read and I think oh that that hurts. Like I remember um, and I think I did mention it in the Grazia article that I was getting loads of sticks from my nose. People were like oh she's um rhinoplasty surgeon say she's gone too far like this is the nose I was born with <laughs> I'm like this is actually my nose 
And I was then posting photos of myself when I was younger. So then I was like, why am I doing it? Who am I trying to prove myself to? Like, even if I had, what does it matter? Because it's my body. Like, it shouldn't bother people that much. Yeah. Start I, I had somebody recently just go, um, oh, my God, what have you done to your face? Right? And I went, nothing. It's just my face. You're like, this is my face. Why are you <laughs> I've got makeup on and everything. I'm really tried. But hey, what happened to your levels of humanity, you cruel fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. And then yeah, they came that's... back and went, you need to ease off on the Botox. I was like, what do you mean ease off on it? I haven't had any. I want my bloody money back if I had. Oh. I mean, we, we, yeah, we can it. laugh about it, but actually... Sometimes it takes your breath away how cruel people yeah. can be. And it does, it does hurt. Words do hurt, Scarlett. You're quite right to say that. And I think for so long we were encouraged to brush it off and be stoic. And, yeah. and our mental health only suffers to an even, greater, an even greater extent as a result of that. So why should we? You know, if somebody yeah, came up I mean, to you in I... the street and went, I mean, I'm just, I've got your Grazia piece in front of me and it's in, in the magazine. And I do encourage people to go and read it at graziadaily.co.uk. You're holding oh, up you. all of the words that were uh, leveled at you. So ugly, yeah. distressing, goofy, whale, joke. Yeah, I get that one a lot. Plastic. I mean, what is wrong with people? Yeah. I just don't understand. I just don't understand why people would think that just because I'm on the TV, that doesn't hurt. And I know it's not just people in the public eye. Like, I know that this is just across the board for a lot of people. And it's just, it is just endless. And I'm hoping that, you know, people are having a lot of time now to sit at home and reflect. And I hope that they use that time to just become better people and and realise that, like, we're all just human. Like, we just all have to stick together and get and get through it. So yeah, hopefully people just... I mean, yeah. what, what people need to understand is is where that drove you. I mean, you were on the phone on on numerous occasions to the Samaritans to try to yeah. get some help and support through this. You stopped discussing it with your family because you didn't want to worry them. So actually, yeah, but they would just cry. Like it's awful. Like yeah. my mum would like read comments and just cry and like ring me and like, are you okay? And like that was harder to be honest. It was harder to hear when my mum upset and stuff and. And my mum would be like, I'm going to comment back. And I'm like, no, don't, don't comment back. That's what she wants. So, yeah, I did use to ring the Samaritans. I'd give like a fake name and I'd just sort of chat for 15 minutes. And it would re- it actually really, really helped. And another thing that I do, which sometimes my mum's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But I message the people that trolled me. And I also give them the number for the Samaritans. Or I'll say like, are you okay? Because I just think I've never been in a place where I've been that sad that I feel like I have to put other people down to make myself feel better. So then I, I think, God, how must they be feeling to have so much hatred towards someone they've never met and feel like they have to voice that? So by messaging them, and I actually 99% of the time, they always apologise and are like, oh, you know, I just wanted a reaction or they, they, they say themselves that they've had a crap day. And I'm like, well, this isn't the way to relieve that stress. Like, it's like find a hobby or like he's the number for the Samaritans or speak to your family and friends because that's the only way that these people are going to stop, I think, by actually admitting that they've got a, a problem. They're not 
fully happy with themselves. So they need to make the change in themselves rather than looking at different ways that everybody else can change to suit them. You are a remarkable and beautiful person for taking that route. Do you know what? Let's put a little lump in my throat, Scarlett. Because you're quite right. You You know what? Once you remove your own personal hurt and you stand back, you go, God, are you okay? You sound like a really Mm -hmm. unhappy person. And when I'm unhappy, I call the Samaritans. So why don't you try that? That might help you. That makes you 10 feet tall next to to anybody that does that to you. And I, I applaud you for that. What? What a kind reaction to a to a to a, an act of, of of genuine unkindness. Oh, thank you. The reason we all fell in love with you is because of who you were, unfiltered. And don't let them turn your volume down because I thank love you. listening to the way your mind works. And and I thank really you. I really hope that you don't let the bastards get you down. No, I won't. I'm not. If you know what, it, it, it took a little while, but I feel like. Because I did lose myself a little bit, but mm. I feel like I found myself. It was literally since doing the British Tribe next door. I feel like I found my voice again, and I feel like I can say things. I think for so long I was a bit worried, like what reaction is it going to get in the press or mm. from people. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, stop it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly and what you have to remember is that sometimes you'll say a lot of things that people like I'll be watching at home and I'll be nodding along going yes 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 but I'm not going to then go online and go Scarlett I agreed with everything you said because that's not me but that doesn't mean that I'm not with you because I totally am so I think you have a silent army of 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 fans and well-wishers behind you that you don't always hear over the noise of those unhappy cowards and bullies online um, that have made you second guess yourself but don't you are phenomenal. Oh, thank you, Kim. And I love oh, this you. This has been lovely. It's like a little counselling. Well, I hope so. But honestly, Scarlett, and now, before I let you go, um, when this is all over, my last question, I just want to know, it's the first day back in the land of life as we once knew it. Where are you going to go? Who are you going to be with? And what are you going to do on your first day out of lockdown? Um, me and all my close family and friends are going to have a house party in my house and I just can't wait to give my nanny and puppy a big massive cuddle and to have a dance around the house and a little beige buffy with sausage rolls and, oh. and sandwiches I'm so excited I will cry thinking about it honestly I'm I know so well, I'm grinning like a day. Cheshire cat thinking oh I'm with you <laughs> oh honestly this is literally that I have listened to this podcast for so long oh and, like, have you uh, yeah honestly like I'm so excited. I was proper fangirling before. I was trying to calm down. I was on the phone to my mum and my mum was like, you need to act calm. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks. Just honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank oh, you Scarlett, you've made my day. I have been a fan <laughs> since 2013. You've made oh, a 47-year-old old bird in isolation. <laughs> feel like I've got the biggest smile and um, promise me that you'll just keep being you because you is fabulous. Oh, thank you. I will. I promise. And when <laughs> when I do see you, I'll squeeze the life out of you, okay? Yes, and we will have a glass of white wine together. Absolutely. Or two. Or oh, three. thank you. Loads of love. You stay safe. And you, and you and all your family. I will do. Thank you. Thanks, Scarlett. That's all right. Bye. Bye. <sighs> Don't you just love her? So that was this week's White Wine Question Time. It's produced by me, Kate Thornton, here in London. 
with Caitlin Master for Yahoo and Ken. Music, as always, is by Andy Bell, whose back catalogue is available on iTunes and Spotify, or you can follow him as Andy Bebop on Instagram. He's uploading daily um, kind of sessions, really, which I'd really encourage you to watch. You can also follow us uh, on social. We are White Wine QT on Instagram or Twitter. And you don't have to have your headphones plugged in to listen to us. Don't forget, you can listen to us on your in-home speakers by saying, OK, Google or Alexa, take me to White Wine Question Time. It's that easy. So until next week, from me, please stay safe, please stay home. And as always, please drink responsibly.